to the DeCesare Group Podcast. I'm your host, Jim DeCesare, and thanks for joining us. This week, I'm talking with Emily Davis and Tony Wynn with the Wynn Crew Real Estate Team to discuss what's happening with the real estate market in Bowling Green in South Central Kentucky. I'll share more details in just a few moments. Hey, if you get a chance, do me a favor and follow the DeCesare Group on Facebook, X, Instagram, and LinkedIn, and subscribe to our newsletter, Soki Economic Development and Business News, on our website at thedeCesareGroup.com, and make sure you subscribe to the podcast on your favorite platform and leave us a review to let us know what you think. Your feedback is invaluable to us. I recently sat down with Tony Wynn and Emily Davis with the Wynn Crew Real Estate Team. Tony is the founder and began to build the Wynn Crew with a vision to evolve the real estate profession to a team-based service founded on knowledge and enhanced by enjoyment. Tony has a passion for helping others achieve their long-term personal and financial goals through real estate, and he's allegedly a star hockey player and known to drop a few Forrest Gump quotes every now and then. Emily Davis is from Bowling Green. She graduated from WKU with a degree in exercise science. She transitioned to the world of real estate in 2018, but is still active in the fitness community as a personal trainer and nutrition specialist. Working with first-time home buyers is Emily's passion. She loves educating clients on the home buying process and walking together with them through the little details. Here's my conversation with Emily Davis and Tony Wynn. Hey, Emily and Tony, welcome to the DeCesare Group Podcast. We're glad you could join us today. How you doing? We're doing well. Thanks, Jim. Yeah, All right. great. Thanks so much for having us. We're excited. Hey, my pleasure. So you know, I've been wanting to have someone on to talk about the housing market in Bowling Green in South Central Kentucky. And and uh, back in um, October, you had your trick-or-treat event out at the Bowling Green Ballpark, and uh, the DeCesare Group has participated in that in the last two years. Has it only been two years? That, that This was our second year of it, and yes, this is uh, year two. All right, so we're we're 100% with you on that then. We've been uh, both years. <laughs> you guys are but, batting 100%, absolutely. But but Tony and I had a few moments to sit down and chat for a little bit. We, we were manning a table that n- neither one of us uh, were affiliated with. <laughs> I, I think that's how that worked out. <laughs> but anyhow, uh, I thought it'd be neat to get you in here to talk because there is a lot going on with the housing market right now, and, and we'll go through some of these things. But but how would you describe the current state of real estate market in both the commercial and residential sectors in this area? You want to start with commercial or you want me to start with residential? I'll let you go with residential. So, yeah, with residential, um, you know, I think some of the terms that are kind of being thrown around frequently are um, a soft market or a slower market. But what does that mean? And are those even really accurate terms? Obviously, rates are you know, much higher than we have seen in a while, Mm -hmm. um, historically still very low, but that has caused, um, definitely a, uh, a decrease in, or I'm sorry, an increase in time on the market. So homes that originally sold in a week or two were on the market for a couple of months. Um, and then we're seeing a, just unfortunately a large chunk of eligible buyers being, you know, chopped off. Um, every time rates go up about a point, they say that the bottom 15% or so of buyers are no longer eligible to purchase. They, they can't get approved anymore. So our, our number of people that are able to purchase is decreasing. Um, homes are sitting on the market a little bit longer. You're just having to be a little more creative about how you get things sold, working with sellers to be a little more creative to create attractions for buyers so that they can purchase. So, you know, having a, having a home sit on the market for six weeks or two months, in a lot of markets, that's not bad. Sure. 
Absolutely. But, you know, Bowling Green's kind of, you know, we've always talked about that bubble, Absolutely. that economic bubble that we have over here. So, you know, and yes, you know, two or three weeks seems to have been the, the average. But sure. even that, you know, six weeks, that's still not bad. Absolutely. But, you know, you kind of get used to having those two or three week turnovers and, you know, getting the next house. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. But all about perspective uh, on that. And, and putting things in perspective, I bought my first house in 19... 96 at 8%. Yep. Absolutely. I mean, historically we're yeah. still in a, in a really great position, yeah. but just compared to where we've come from, it, it hurts, you know, yeah. it's hard for people to yeah, yeah, wrap sure. their head around. So, yeah. Well, I mean, there's been a whole generation that hasn't had those type of interest rates. Sure. sure. And uh, especially with the newer buyers in the last 10 or 15 years, Absolutely. everything's been, you know, two, 3%, whatever. Right. And that drastically so, affects affordability. Yeah. yeah. So commercial market. Commercial Talk about market, it, Tony. I mean, so like in the commercial world, a lot of this is driven through economic growth, employment rate, and business expansion. I know you know a lot about that, Jim, but like we sit there and we watch what what, what does that market look like for us? And we, we follow the chamber too as well to see what they're bringing through. And tons of infrastructures are still coming in the commercial world, which means more jobs are going to be created, right? Sure. Uh, with, more, with houses. Like, more houses, <laughs> more jobs, um, and... Uh, the rental market too as well so all that continues to increase what we do know is Bollinger's not slowing down right and that is uh super exciting for us locally like you said we kind of feel like we're in a bubble in ways but as jobs continue to grow and um the employment rate too as well continues to grow it it, it makes sense that uh there's a lot of growth behind it yeah and and you know, you know, property rates, uh, property prices have gone up significantly. I mean, any any piece of property along any major thoroughfare throughout Bowling Green, Warren County, or anywhere in South Central Kentucky, it's it's a premium now. And we look at 31W specifically from the the Natcher Parkway to Simpson County. I mean, we're seeing you know huge growth along that that corridor, mm -hmm. and it's happening in other places in the county as well. So you know, finding that commercial property is getting tougher um, or, or it's not really getting tougher. It's getting costlier <laughs> and it's, it's costing more. That's but. right. And then the, you know, as building materials start to has yeah. gone up to as well. Now it costs more to develop. Yeah. Sometimes. And, 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 you know, most of the people that listen to this podcast understand the, the supply chain issues that have been happening since the pandemic. Uh, we are see, starting to see some, some construction costs come, you know, down, but they aren't back where they were mm -hmm. pre 2020. Um, so with the ongoing growth and development, we've kind of talked about this. What do you think is the most pressing housing needs for this community moving forward? Yeah, great question. I mean, I, I think for Bowling Green, it, it has always been uh, entry level homes, affordability, um, affordable homes and the housing options. I think it'll be really interesting to see over the next um, several years as we move so many people into those entry level homes mm -hmm. and our, you know, kind of mid price range homes, uh, as that sector doesn't grow as much, where are all those entry level home people going to go when they're ready to upgrade? So that'll be an interesting thing to follow too. But I think it continues to just be, um, affordable housing options, especially with rates the way they are. Um, it, you know, your entry level home here is no longer 175 to 200, it's 275, yeah. which is remarkable to think about a, a college student coming out of, you know, college with a degree trying to afford a $300,000 home. So 
Well, the good thing is salaries are up too. So. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Mean, but but still, I you know I get. But there are there are you seeing that more and more, especially with the Gen Z, uh, are 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 not purchasing right away. Are you seeing more of that? Yes. So, yes. And what, why do you think that is? I mean, I, I have my thoughts on it, but, you, you know, you're closer to Gen Z yeah. than I am. So what are your thoughts on it? <laughs> I mean, I think it's obviously affordability. I think it is also to, um, it, this is just a personal opinion, but commitment. I mean, just the the commitment yeah, yeah. of, of they're kind of nomads now right yeah they, i mean they, and they want that freedom roots somewhere yeah we see a lot of people you know get out of college and go across the country or go to another country you know study yeah. abroad or do whatever and so i think just the thought of being kind of stuck in one place is not as common anymore so definitely that and then also just affordability for sure yeah some uh, recent uh, well it's not recent but ongoing studies show that you know, most uh, Gen Zers and the younger millennials, uh, you know, they're they're job hopping. They're about two mm-hmm. years and then they're they're on to the next one. And they do that for a while until sure. they find that that comfort spot. And we really haven't seen where that comfort spot is for them yet because they're they're, they're there's no data yet to back it up. Sure. Um, so talking about the real estate market uh, contributing to the economic landscape, uh, are there any particular industries or factors uh, driving demand and development in the region. I know we talked about new industries, but anything else that you are seeing? And I do want to go back to infrastructure here in a few moments because you did touch on that. Yeah, we, we, you know, I think a lot of that, you talk about from an economic standpoint of growth mm-hmm. side of things. Um, well, job creation, right? I think the more jobs that are created, that helps that economic growth and demand for that. But what, like Emily was saying, the, the, what, the slowing down side of things, which is, the affordability of homes have made it kind of shifted a little bit on like people are waiting a little bit longer to see what the things look like. And right now, I mean, with interest rate just popping up the way it has been, people are just kind of sitting back, just seeing what's going to happen and kind of get used to what the new norm is at this point. Yeah. I think there'll be some, um, <clears throat> some stabilization at some point with the economy. It's probably going to take another couple of years. You know, when, when the pandemic first um, came on and, and, you know, we were having our shutdowns and whatnot. We were doing some uh, some studies and whatnot on how long it would take to mm-hmm. recover from, you know, being shut down for the most part. And and we figure it's going to be three or four years mm-hmm. before we can get back to to kind of where we were. I mean, we feel like we're there now, mm-hmm. but there's still a lot of things that, that have changed. You you go to a hotel, they don't clean your room every day anymore. Yeah, you know, the, the you see restaurants that used to be open 24-7 or, you know, maybe closing at 9, and, and these are national chains. Right. Um, <clears throat> getting back to the infrastructure. Uh, we are seeing a lot of infrastructure uh, improvements uh, throughout the region. And, you know, part of that is because of, you know, we have a, a pretty good uh, legis- a state legislative delegation that represents this area. Uh, a lot of the legislative leaders are from this area. So that helps. Uh, you know, obviously, we have a good federal delegation as well. So that's that's where a lot of that money comes. But then you have announcements like the the, the battery plant that's going out in the transport. Yep. You know, a lot of a lot of state dollars invested in that some local dollars, but the infrastructure upgrades that they're making out, mm-hmm. out in that area, out in that end of the county, are massive. Mm-hmm. I, and I don't know how much you know about it, but it's not just for industry; it's also for residential and commercial use as well. Absolutely. And so, uh, you, you're going to see that that growth happen 
off of that and, and sort of spin off. And, and that's, that's a good thing about having one of those types of facilities because when you have a facility that large, you'll get the Tier 2 and Tier 3 suppliers that come along with it. They bring more people in. I mean, I, I, I run and I, I run through these neighborhoods, and I'm seeing more cars from California. Mm-hmm. I'm seeing a lot of Tennesseans move up in the area. Are you all seeing that? All the time right Unbelievable now. Unbelievable amount. Yes. Unbelievable. We get a lot of call-ins from California, and it is there is no specific reason other than I just want out of California, and I yeah. hear that Kentucky's great. We get a lot of people from Tennessee. I mean, going back to infrastructure, as, as crazy as our growth feels, I feel like here in kind of our bubble, we keep up with our infrastructure so much better than like in Nashville. So we oh, see gosh, a lot yes. of people that, <laughs> you know, that come here because they want to be close to a place like in Nashville, but we can offer, um, you know, a little more uh, comfort and the ability to keep up with growth a little bit better so they don't feel as many of those pains. So we, we get a lot of that too. If people wanting to be in the Nashville scene, but they, you know, affordability is tough and they don't want to deal with the headache of lack yeah. of infrastructure. So they land here. Um, but still kind of have the perks of being close. So. Yeah, I, I know t- Tony fancies himself as a, a hockey player. <laughs> and, uh, you know, going down to the Preds games, you know, and, and hitting the Tennessee line, it took them four years to build one interchange, mm-hmm. you know, and, and it, 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 we do move a little quicker here sure. as far as infrastructure sure. is concerned. They're still working on that, I think. Well, the interchange <laughs> done, now they're doing the widening. <laughs> yeah. So it's, uh, it, and, you know, it's good because, you know, I-65 is, is six lanes, uh, all the way through mm-hmm. from state line to state line. And, you know, Tennessee has been catching grief over that for a long time because once you, you get to the state line, you bottleneck down into two lanes and sure. and then they all the potholes and everything else. So we do a much better job with our road infrastructure. Um, we are seeing some issues with natural gas in the region. Uh, just because they're they're not building any new uh, pipelines mm-hmm. and there's so much capacity on on those pipelines and it's getting you know it's first come first serve for these industries that come into the to the oh. region mm-hmm. and so you know that's that's an infrastructure <laughs> issue and in fact I, I believe for the uh, the battery plant they're they're running a gas line up from Tennessee to help uh, fulfill the needs wow. there yeah. so uh, let's let's keep rolling along here interest rates we've we've <laughs> we've tiptoed around that a little bit but is it and you've said it's having a impact uh, how, how big an impact are you seeing a huge reduction in new home sales or, or give us give us some statistics on that yeah absolutely i mean i think i mentioned it earlier but um kind of the numbers that we hear in our industry is every time rates go up a point knocks off the bottom 15 to 20 percent of buyers no they're no longer eligible to purchase so if we think about coming from, even if we're kind of generous and say 4% up to eight, you know, that's, that's four full points. We're, we're maybe down a little below eight today or this week, but, um, you know, we've been at eight or a little higher for a while now. So, I mean, you're, you're talking about a huge chunk of, yeah. uh, first time buyers or, you know, just lower price range buyers that are no longer eligible. Um, we're seeing a, a big hit with, you know, your 400 to 450 plus price range as well, because the people that used to be able to afford that either can't anymore, or they just don't want to because the payments are astronomical. So, um, it's affected all price ranges and all buyers, but a little differently across price ranges. I think the biggest thing is that so many buyers expect that when rates go up like this, that prices will come down and they just haven't, they have not, and we're not really expecting them to we're not seeing any prediction of that and so i think that's a really hard thing for people to wrap their head around we hear a lot of i'll wait around until prices come down 
And I think people are just going to be waiting yeah. forever. You know, they're going to be waiting a really long time. So having those conversations is, is tough because I think the expectation versus the reality of what's happening right now is really different. Well, that and a lot of people locked in at a 3% interest rate yeah. as well. And I don't yeah. know if they're looking to... I saw a funny so, meme on that recently yeah. about a, a couple sitting in their starter home and she's been wanting to buy a new house. He goes, nope, can't do it. We're at 2%. That's right. <laughs> you know? That's right. I mean, if you think about going from 25 or 3% up to 7 or 8, I mean, you're talking about doubling and tripling a house payment. And, yeah. you know, the, the number of people that can afford to do that is, is slim. You yeah. know, there's not a whole lot of buying right now just because you want to. The only people that are buying and selling right now is, is they have a, a direct need to do yeah. it. So, yeah. Uh, do you see, uh, I mean, this time of year, are, are there certain times of year that are better for, for buying a, a house or any, any type of property than other times? So like this time of year, what's, what's this time of year like? Yeah, absolutely. We see um, typically right when, you know, spring hits, especially when school gets out, things really ramp up. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, people want to move in the summertime. We're obviously very school oriented around here. Sure. It's all about what district you're in. We have a lot of families here in Bowling Green. So we see a lot of movement in the summer. They want to get settled before school starts. Um, we're usually pretty active and hot until um, fall break. And we take a little dip after fall break. Um, we usually come back up. Um, you know, for just a brief minute until we hit the holidays. And then we're usually on kind of a slow decline until spring hits again. Um, so, yeah, we're in a little bit of a slower, you yeah. know, regardless of the economy, this is always a slower time of the year. We operate on a bell curve. So second and third quarter is usually the yeah. busiest. First and fourth is when uh, it slows down a little bit. I got Absolutely. you. Yep. And, of course, Thanksgiving's earlier this year, so the holidays start a little yep. earlier. Absolutely. Uh, we've have certain people in our family that want to put Christmas decorations up in July. <laughs> They're not in this building right now. But, Guilty. Um, <laughs> it's, it's our Christmas trees up. <laughs> oh, we usually wait. But you're one of them. I'm one of them. That's right. <laughs> All right. Well, hey, uh, so t- talking about your expertise in the real estate industry, what strategies or recommendations do you have for individuals or businesses uh, looking to navigate the uh, the Bowling Green, South Central Kentucky real estate markets. You know what what should what kind of advice you got for folks, people out there? So you know when, when you look at those types of you mean like strategies for on the real estate side. You know like well let let's let's say if you if you're going to buy a new house, you have a a, a home buyer that one, and it doesn't have to necessarily be a new home buyer. What are some of the things that, that maybe they should do pre- to prepare? Even Maybe even if they've bought a house before because of the way the market is now, the way the interest rates are, should they be shopping banks, uh, shopping insurance companies, you know, talking, you know, working with their realtors, you know, getting all that. Yeah, I would say the biggest thing right now, because this is, I don't want to say an unprecedented market, but because we haven't been in a situation like this in a while, uh, just being with educated professionals is huge. So having an agent that can kind of guide you, and a lot of that has, it all comes back to the money, but having a lender that is very educated as well and being creative, you know, are you going to ask the seller for buy downs? Are you going to ask for closing costs that you, um, you know, buy down your rate or, or buy points or things like that. So we're just having to, um, be a little more creative in ways that we haven't had to in a while. So, yeah, I mean, first of all, just being educated with professionals. And then, you know, as hard as it is to say as a real estate agent, I ask a lot of people the question right now, do you have to move? And if you don't, it may not make sense for you. So just being transparent with people about the state of the market and what that looks like for their personal, you know, budget and lifestyle and all of that too. Um, Just asking people to be real about why they're moving and if it really does make sense, because for a lot of people, it just doesn't right now. Yeah. You know, and and we we still have the problem with 
you know, individual debt uh, among, you know, I think, what is it, uh, about 60% of all individuals have over $1,000 mm-hmm. in credit card debt mm-hmm. at any yeah. given time, mm-hmm. you know, and that, that impacts, that has an impact on uh, whether or not you can sure. buy a car, buy a house, or, mm-hmm. you know, do a lot of things. So anyhow, well, uh, and, and I know you all deal mostly in residential. Do y'all do any commercial uh, real estate? You know, you know, we primarily focus on residential. Mm-hmm. Uh, we do do some commercial, more on the commercial side, more on the investment side of things. So mm-hmm. from that, that side of things, you know, it, it, there are opportunities when you are looking at investments right now. Mm-hmm. You just got to run your numbers a little tighter. But they're out there, and uh, and you know, getting creative, like Emily said earlier, uh, the creativity around some some of these real estate deals can really make some numbers work out too, as well. Well, that that begs the question: uh, What about cash buyers? I mean, that 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 can pony up everything all at once. Are they getting any better deals right now? Uh, yeah, I mean, we're <clears throat> we're seeing a significant change in negotiation room on listings, um, and. We have a lot of uh, panicked sellers because, again, yeah, you know, even if you're on the market for eight weeks, not bad at all in this market, but their expectation is just very different. So, yes, I would say cash buyers are are getting uh, better opportunities, but really, all buyers are getting better opportunities right now because sellers are just they're willing to to negotiate to, you know, to move things, especially moving into the holidays. Everybody wants to offload, yeah. you know, to be done with it before the end of the year. So, um, yeah, absolutely. The question is, it, it, it kind of came to mind, I, and it's not a good question, but are you seeing uh, many people get upside down in, in with their, their maybe too much house, too much debt, and mm. no place to go? I'll let you take that. Well, upside down, I mean, the market is a market shifts, right? Depends on what you bought it in at. Yeah. yeah. The potential yeah. to be upside down is there. Now, if things level out, you know, you are paying down your debt monthly. Uh-huh. And uh, at times, yeah, we, we are seeing some people that become upside down depending on how much they put down into their purchase. Yeah, I mean, we saw that in 08 and 09. I don't know if y'all were working in the in the, in the field then, mm-hmm. but, you know, there was, you know, with the Fannie Mae and all that stuff that, that happened then. But, you know, I think there's probably some concern that, you know, with the cost of housing mm-hmm. now, the interest rates, and if things were to, you know, level out and go back down, some people could get hurt by that. Well, we've talked about too. A lot of people during COVID and right before COVID, even when rates were you know four or five percent, mm-hmm. they did about a lot of five year arms, and so that um, you know adjustment is coming up very soon, and so their rates may go from three to eight, you know, and then you're you're automatically upside down in a matter of yeah. in a matter of minutes. So that'll be a really interesting. You know, even if even if people got that five year arm in early twenty twenty, they're coming up here pretty soon, a year or two. Yeah. Um, so we may see a lot of people trying to offload before that adjustment occurs because that'll be, I mean, again, you, you could talk about doubling or tripling a payment as soon as that adjustment happens. So that'll be a really interesting thing to to keep an eye on, especially in the commercial and investment world. Yeah, yeah we've noticed though with uh, some of the bankers too as well when those things are coming due uh, five years. Um, usually they're spreading the terms out okay. and that brings, uh, it brings the monthly payment mm-hmm. down too as well. And like you said earlier, shopping the insurance, insurance too as well yeah. and making sure you can, uh, you keep that monthly payment and where it's more comfortable. Yeah. You know, and it's, it, 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 I mean, it all comes down to the math sometimes and, you know, uh, is, 
keeping the pain less now and making it more intense mm-hmm. later or, you know, evening out the pain, <laughs> you know, that's kind Absolutely. of, absolutely. Uh, Cause we've always been, you know, when we were buying houses, we, you know, we were just 15 year fixed, you know, Correct. make it life easy, mm-hmm. you know, yep. but, um, you know, sometimes you do have to get creative, but it look, it, it sounds like things are still, as far as the housing market in this region, we know there's a shortage. We're going to continue to have a shortage for the next at least five years mm-hmm. uh, based mm-hmm. on the recent, recent housing study done by the city of Bowling Green. And we're, we're expecting another 30,000 or so people to be moving into this, this area in the next few years. Mm-hmm. And uh, eventually Warren County will be up over 200,000 people. We're talking about the city of Bowling Green and Warren County. And, uh, you know, we're the third largest city in the state and, and we're just continuing to grow and grow and grow. So it looks like you all are going to be busy for a while. <laughs> I agree with you too as well. And, and you, you mentioned a little bit about Nashville earlier. Mm-hmm. A lot of people from Nashville, I mean, their real estate price has skyrocketed, right? Oh, yeah. So affordability or buying that next house is, well, I mean, you're going to have to find a, a different area or it's close enough. Yeah. And an hour north, I mean, you can get that, get some well, real estate for a If fraction. you live in Brentwood, you drive an hour to get to downtown Nashville. Mm-hmm. Exactly you know? right. Uh, yeah. So, because I, I was down there a few weeks ago for a week, and, and I'm like, golly, traffic here is crazy. <laughs> and, you know, like, I thought Scottsville Road was bad. <laughs> but um, it's just, it's 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 fun to watch what's happened here in this, this area over the last 30 years or so. And uh, I think there's a lot of good things still to come. And, and we appreciate, you know, all that you do, not only uh, for helping new people and, and people get a new home or their first home or relocate or whatever, but also what you do for the community as well, because that, that's important that you give back. And we appreciate that as well. So absolutely. My well, pleasure. Thanks for being on the DeCesare Group podcast. It's been a lot of fun. Hey, we appreciate you you having us. Thank you. Absolutely. We appreciate it. Thanks so much. Thanks to Tony Wynn and Emily Davis from the Wynn Crew Real Estate team for sharing their insights on the real estate market in South Central Kentucky. If you enjoyed today's episode or any of our episodes, please take a moment to leave a review for the DeCesare Group podcast on your favorite podcasting platform. And follow us on Facebook, X, Instagram, and LinkedIn, and subscribe to our newsletter, Soka Economic Development and Business News, on our website, thedeCesareGroup.com. Today's program is produced by the DeCesare Group, a full-service public relations firm specializing in small and medium-sized business businesses in South Central Kentucky. Our engineer is my main man, Justin DeCesare, with content contributions from Brooke Mattingly and Amy DeCesare. Thanks for tuning in to the DeCesare Group podcast. And until next time, I'm Jim DeCesare.